one. And we are back, episode 10. Hard to believe it's 10 episodes, uh, but we are here with now senior, uh, Michaela Mitchell. Michaela, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Always a pleasure to get you on the podcast for sure, for sure. So you grew up about an hour outside Chicago, is that correct? Mm-hmm, yep. Awesome. So, like, is that considered a suburb of Chicago, or is that just, like, out? Okay, it is? Yeah, yeah, in the south suburbs. Okay, okay. So, like, growing up, like, how was that, like, being, like, did you, like, go in the city a lot? Did you stay in Frankfurt a lot? Yeah, so we went into the city quite a bit when I was, especially in the summers. In the winter, it's not quite as fun because it's, like, freezing cold. Um, But, yeah, we went downtown, and we would go for school, too, like, for field trips. We would go, and actually, my senior prom was at the Chicago Science and Industry Museum cool that is an awesome awesome like fun fact about your uh, your senior prom that's really cool that's really cool what was your like favorite field trip like going into the city as a you know elementary we, so chicago is really famous for its architecture and there's like a really famous boat tour that you can do on the chicago river so we went on that like two or three times actually and every time it's super cool it sounds kind of lame because it's like you learn about architecture but it's all about like, the Chicago fire and like all that stuff. So it was really cool. And you get to be on a boat the whole time, which is fun. I mean, that is cool. That is cool. And, you know, I mean, some people might say it's lame or nerdy, but I think, you know, swimmers, we all have our quote unquote, like nerdy things. So I think we should definitely, you know, promote those. It's like, you no, know, this is awesome. And the Chicago fire is obviously an incredible story. You know, with yeah. all that stuff. So you said no, you we should a be couple- ironically enthusiastic about things. I'm a big believer in that. <laughs> a big believer. That's fair. That's there. And then how was it like having prom in that facility your senior year? Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Because like usually senior proms are like in like the gym, right, mm-hmm. or something. We got to like go downtown and it was just amazing. It was super, super cool. That is cool. Yeah, a lot of people don't get that experience. Like you said, they're like in the gym or cafeteria. So the fact that you were able to go to somewhere as magnificent as that facility, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, you get to do like little like go like visit the exhibits and like your like long fancy dress and they have like a wind too that you go in and I don't know. It's just very weird because like you go there a lot as a kid and then all of a sudden you're there and you're like still kind of a kid, but not as much. I don't know. No, yeah, I guess you you are on the other spectrum as far as being a child and you know, all that stuff. You don't maybe you know, as you know, seniors in high school, like I'm an adult, but then you realize you're a senior in college, you're like, oh, well, definitely still kids as far as that goes. That's cool. And I'm sure I'll be like 25. Be like, man, when I was 21, I was still really a kid. You know, just. I am in that exact boat right now. So I, I completely, I completely get that as far as that goes. Cool. So, you know, kind of, you know, you growing up as well. I mean, obviously you are super, super academically gifted. And I'm also sure you work super hard to, you know, achieve your goals. And, you know, you've been nominated twice as an all academic max selection uh, for the past two seasons. Like, has your passion for school and learning, has that been a thing since you were like in first grade or has that developed over time? Yeah, no, I've always been, um, not, I mean, I was always like kind of into school, but I always really loved um, to read. Um, like, I was the kid and my mom had to like turn off my lights at night and I would like hide under the flash, like under the pillows with the flashlights and stuff. So I've always liked to read and I just, I don't know, I think I've always just been kind of curious. So I just thought like it was cool to learn about stuff. You know, sometimes school is like not the most, like the best medium to learn, I think. But just curiosity, I think, will drive you through school no matter what, so. That's fair. So like what was your favorite like novel or like series growing up to read? 
I was obsessed with Harry Potter, which is kind of a cliche response, but I'm also not really embarrassed about it. Uh, actually, me and Izzy bonded heavily over Harry Potter. And I think I might, if I ever get a tattoo, I won't, my parents won't, won't know about it, but I might get a Harry Potter tattoo one day. That's how much it was like a big part of my childhood. That's fair. So I guess two follow-ups. Uh, what is your house and what would a tattoo be? I don't know. I hate the house question because I've taken like all the online quizzes and I think it's all a bunch of BS because I think somebody's just making stuff up on the back end. Mm -hmm. uh, probably, probably a Ravenclaw, I guess. Okay. okay. And then uh, that, well, like what tattoo would you get for Harry Potter? Um, I'd love... There was a, I saw a tattoo on Pinterest actually, and it was like an outline of Hogwarts castle. And then it said, it's whatever Dumbledore's quote is that's like, help will always come to those who ask, mm -hmm. something like that. So just something about family and connection and all that stuff. No, I mean, that is cool. I mean, especially like, you know, for you and I, you know, growing up in that Harry Potter timeframe. I remember the last Harry Potter book came out, I was like in seventh or eighth grade, but reading those books, obviously incredible and they teach you such great life stories is why which, which book is your favorite out of the seven um i i love the fourth book i think partially because it's like one of the longer ones so you can mm. really get through the story um and i think i just read it when i was at like kind of a pivotal moment in my life you know i was like you know middle school so just that time in my life is really good i just think the fourth one's really fun because you get to meet like the characters from the other schools and like see like kind of a broader view of the wizarding world <laughs> no, so nerdy but really cool no it's great no I, I mean i'm a huge fan as well i saw i think movies three through eight at midnight and got all the books as soon as they released as well so i can definitely uh definitely relate as far as that goes i guess my last harry potter question is who's your favorite secondary character so like not one of the mains but mm. um i think Sirius Sirius mm. black has a really good character arc I like him a lot because um, he's, you know, it's sort of a tragic story, but he's a really good character, I think. In the books, especially. He's not quite as nuanced in the movies, I don't think, but in the books, he's quite phenomenal. No, I, I would agree. Sirius's role in the books is by far, you know, it's just a lot, a lot better, I guess, as far as in the movies with everything he does. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. So then, you know, kind of going back to school, I mean, you are an electrical engineering major. When did that like, when did you realize that was what you wanted to go into? So I ended up in electrical engineering out of like sheer circumstance. Like I was not like innately drawn to it or anything. It just sort of happened where, so I arrived at freshman orientation the summer before freshman year and I had a lot of AP credits. So I didn't really have like my main classes to take. I had like one bio class and that was it to take. So it just so happened that the advisor I was working with to pick my classes for the fall of freshman year was the Dean of Students for College of Engineering and Computing. So he had a bit of a, a bit of a, a suggestion for me because I was like, he was like, well, what do you want to study? And I listed like 12 things. And he was like, well, one of them is engineering. And it is true that it's harder to transfer into engineering because there's the sheer number of credit hours you need to graduate. Like you really can't do it in like less than four years. So he was like, start in engineering. If you don't like it, then you can switch to something else, but it's hard to transfer in, so start there. So I went in engineering undecided. And then I think fall of my sophomore year, I had to pick something. I still hadn't picked. And I was like, I guess I'll choose electrical because it sounds kind of cool. And mm -hmm. it was honestly like borderline random how I ended up in it. Um, but I also think that that's like, like fine. I think that it's actually really common for people to do that. Like I was so stressed going to college about what I was going to study and why and what I was going to do with my life. 
And like a lot of my friends, you just sort of like end up in something and then you figure it out from there, you know? So it's been great. I've had a really awesome experience. But yeah, I really just kind of randomly ended up in electrical engineering, to be honest. All right, all right, I get it. And you really kind of nailed it on the head as far as, you know, most people by their end of freshman year, beginning sophomore year, they kind of just like, all right, like, I'll go this way. And it really does work out for them, you know, nine times out of 10. And clearly it's worked out for you with all the clubs you're involved in. And then obviously, you know, you were able to go, uh, I believe, twice to Uganda since you've been in school. Like, talk, like, how did that all work out? Like, just, like, fill us and, like, educate us about that Uganda trip. Yeah, so outside of school and then swim, obviously, I'm really involved in a student organization called Engineers Without Borders. So we are a student chapter of a national organization, and the premise is very similar to Doctors Without Borders. So we work on engineering infrastructure for human needs problems. So, like, a lot of water projects, sanitation projects, bridges and infrastructure, things like that. So at our chapter here in Miami, I've been working mostly on our project in the community of Kabingo, Uganda, which is like Southwest Uganda. Um, and yeah, so I've gone twice for implementation trips. So I went for a week in March of 2019 over spring break. And then I went just this last year in like December into January. So in this most recent trip, this last winter was actually like the culmination of a five year water project. So now we have a solar powered water treatment system that provides 36,000 liters of water a day to like 2,500 people or so in the region. Um, so it's been like, I had no idea what I was getting into when I started this project and I, when I joined this club, but it's been like an amazing experience for sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's just, you know, you are helping out so many people with something that, you know, maybe in a country like the United States, we, you know, fresh water, we turn on our faucet every morning. You know, we don't think twice about it. So that's really yeah, yeah. The impact of the project is it's sort of a common story, I think, in humanitarian work. And that, like, before the project started in 2016 or 15, you know, women and children would spend up to an hour every day, like trekking across like kind of uneven terrain to go to like standing ponds or reservoirs to collect water. And you know, the water is dirty and it's full of pathogens a lot of the time. Um, so now, so I did community interviews for a, a whole day when I was there in January and people I talked to at least, the time to collect water has gone from like an hour to like five minutes a day. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously the water is clean and palatable, which is um, just important for public health and just overall quality of life. So it's been really amazing. It was really cool to be able to go on this last trip where we kind of finally finalized everything and just did like community surveys and stuff. Um, and just to see like the impact that it has. And then also not only in the community we work in, but out like in the whole region. So when we were there, there were a bunch of like community leaders from other villages and towns who came to visit the system and to see like, what is this? How can we do it in our community? Um, and we actually got on the Ugandan national news while we were there because they were like focusing our project work as something that could be like expanded around the whole region. So just like the whole thing where it's, you know, like a little drop can cause a tidal wave, just the, mm -hmm your impact that like something like that can have like across a whole region is what really has surprised me the most about working on this project. For sure. I mean, you know, making the national news and contributing everything. And, you know, I, I definitely, I know I'm someone that I believe that the smallest things make the biggest differences and what you all did for Uganda, you know, both trips you went, I mean, you truly are changing lives and you're impacting lives on a day-to-day -day basis. And, what you guys did will last for generations, you know, fingers crossed, obviously. Uh, so I guess just, I, I'm more curious. I don't know, like what's the size of the population of Uganda? Um, it's 
a relatively small country. I don't know what like the whole population is. It's probably only like maybe a couple hundred thousand. I don't know for sure because oh, wow. they also have, so like in the southern half of the country, it's mm -hmm. pretty like politically stable. But in the northern half, they have a lot of refugees because they're right against like um, the Congo and stuff. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of like political like instability in those regions. So I think that their headcount might be a little bit complicated with that going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get that for sure, for sure. But no, I, I just had no idea the size of the country, but I mean, that's super, yeah. you're able to make, I mean, that makes the impact even more, I guess, big, just from the standpoint of, you know, you're affecting much more in the population in Uganda, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Somewhere you would like to like go back and do more stuff in that country, or are you like wanting to go help out other countries as well? Yeah, so we work with a Cincinnati-based NGO called Hope for Kibingo, and it was founded by a couple who went on like a medical mission trip to the community, mm -hmm. and they realized that the work that they were doing through these medical mission trips was impactful, but it wasn't enough to sort of like break the cyclical poverty that had plagued this region for so long. So they started this nonprofit that we work with through our chapter here, and I would love to keep working with them especially, because they do a lot of work with like economic empowerment for women especially. Mm -hmm. So right now we're working on um, making hand sanitizer out of bananas is the plan. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're building partnerships in the U.S. and then we can't travel obviously right now. So we're communicating with our in-country partners on that. And so they're going to try and I think in the next two weeks we have our first batch of like 50 liters of hand sanitizer that's going to be produced in country. Um, and then it's going to all be manufactured and then distributed by the women in the community. So that's cool. like a really like a really good indicator of the strength of a community coming out of those situations is education and then like women's empowerment, right? Like, do they have access to finance and, you know, make their own businesses? So I'm really excited to be involved in that project because um, it's good for public health, you know, in preventing the spread of COVID, but then also just overall sustainability and development. So it's really mm -hmm. exciting. No, that's, that's huge. That's huge. You know, like you said, helping out those communities out there. And I'm kind of curious about the banana, you know, hand sanitizer. It, I, it, just, it sounds like it smells good. I could be completely wrong. But you know, you to like a little CVS and Walgreens here and, you know, you're like, I appreciate the hand sanitizer, but the smell is just awful. So basically you can make ethyl alcohol out of like any fruit, you just ferment it. Okay. Um, but you don't want it to smell good because then people will drink it, right? Because it's basically uh, like liquor. Like it's basically like 99% proof like moonshine. So you usually put additives to make it taste and smell really bad so people don't drink it. But I think in its raw form, it also wouldn't taste, it just kind of tastes like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> okay. okay, well, I mean, hey, you know what? I've learned a lot so far in this conversation, but that's huge. You know, it smells bad, so people don't drink it. That is advice, great advice. I love it, I love it. Yeah, if you want to make uh, so, banana liquor, that's a, that's a whole different process, I think. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, it was hilarious, so we, we get funding from the university, obviously, as a student organization. Mm -hmm. And whenever we go to our, our funding hearings for the university, they're always so confused about what we're doing because it's mm -hmm. like new people every year. So they're like, so you need what? And you're sending what to like East Africa? And we're like, so we're doing this. And but this this year we had to ask for like 50 pounds of bananas. And they were like, what are you guys up to? Like, you can't, we can't buy you guys food. We were like, no, 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 we're not eating them. We're distilling them. And they were like, what? Luckily, we had a friend on the panel, so we got approved for funding, but it's hilarious because trying to explain what we do in like a small meeting is very difficult to explain like why we need all of these like really seemingly miscellaneous materials to do the work that we do. 
No, I, I, I get that. I get that, you know, from a, I mean, I guess a much smaller scale is trying to explain the difference between like college swimming and USA swimming to people. And they're like, well, how, how is it different? How is it the same? People get confused by that all the time. So on a, like I said, a much smaller scale, you know, we're on that same boat as far yeah, as. Yeah, everything is, everything is much more complicated than it seems. And you, need, <laughs> you, want to, you want to have like long conversations to figure it all out, I think. For sure. For sure. Entire. That's, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, so kind of going back to the swimming aspect of things, you know, I imagine you've been swimming pretty much since you were like a you know, young child. Like how did that start with you, like getting into the sport? Yeah, so it just, I think with a lot of swimmers, my parents put me in swim lessons and then um, they were like, she's really good. Like she picked it up really quick. She should join the swim team. My parents were like, what is a swim team? Like they're both from downstate Illinois. So like, that's like not a thing where they're from. So they're like, oh, it's like, like a track team, but for swimming, they're like, oh, okay. So I joined my first competitive team when I was like five, I think, five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I did other sports like most kids do growing up, right. but it became abundantly clear by the, by the time I was like eight or nine that I was just not good at the other sports. <laughs> and I was quite good at swimming. So by the time I was like nine or 10, I was, you know, swimming only like five days a week. So that's kind of how I, how I got started. Okay. No, I, I get that completely. I mean, that you're kind of right. You know, most swimmers, as far as being on land, as you know, athletically, uh, it's not pretty. <laughs> you know, as, as many kickball games and ultimate frisbee games have shown us in the past, uh, just, this is not our forte, but that's all right. That's all yeah. right. So then, like, was it at that time of like, age nine or 10 when you kind of took a passion to the sport or that, did that develop later on? So I would say like from the time I was little, I loved just being in the water, like all day, every day I wanted to be in the pool. And then when I was like, I think I was 10, I think I won the Illinois State Age Group Championships for the Hunter back actually. And that's when I sort of realized that like, oh, like competing is really fun, like being praised and like winning is really fun. And it, I realized, I think kind of then maybe like a little bit subconsciously that this is more than just like splashing around in the play. This is like something bigger that I could be really good at. So I'd say that's kind of when I transitioned from like, you know, liking to like splash around in the pool to like having sort of a drive for a competition, that kind of thing. No, I mean, I, I get that completely. That makes sense. So then from that age, obviously, you know, you go through age group, you get the high school swimming. Like, did you swim? Did your high school have a swim team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. So uh, you did both high school and club then, I assume? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I swam mostly high school. I, my sophomore and junior year, I was having really bad shoulder problems. So I didn't swim club. I don't think I might have, I don't totally remember, but I was mostly involved in my high school team then because I would take like a couple months off to try and let my shoulder recuperate uh, right. like, during the season. Okay. That makes no, I mean that, you know, smart decision, you know, keeping that shoulder a little bit of rest while you can, as far as trying to, yeah. <laughs> especially with all the backstroke you do in freestyle, you know, that makes perfect sense as far as, you know, saving that shoulder for various mm-hmm. But, you know, by like that junior year, you're getting emails and text messages and phone calls from various coaches across the country. Uh, what, what made Miami stick out to you in that process? Yeah, so, God, it was, I, I had such a hard time choosing a school. I'm super indecisive and I didn't really know, I didn't know what I wanted to study. So I had like no guiding factors. And you're right, it's very overwhelming. I can't believe how young they're recruited now, like a sophomore. I don't know, I don't know what I would have done if I had been like 15 and like getting recruiting calls. But for me, Miami, just to me, represented a lot of opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So we have lots of programs academically across like a wide spectrum of majors. So if I wanted to do like business or e which I was thinking about, I could do Farmer, which is a really great school. 
if I wanted to do like pre-law or pre-med, we have great programs for that. If I want to do engineering, we have a really great engineering program. So just because I wasn't sure what I wanted to study, Miami was a really great option for me just because it had such a breadth of academic opportunities. And then for me, athletically, I didn't really get um, recruited at D1 schools until my senior year when I shaved off a couple of seconds and like met the recruiting standards for those D1 schools by like, you know, once I was below the recruiting standards. Mm-hmm. So then when I started getting those recruiting calls from D1 schools, I was like, oh, okay, like I think if I have an option to swim D1 and be like the highest level in college that I can be, I think that's what I want to do. And it was kind of scary and I was very nervous. I had never been on a team before where I wasn't like one of the top athletes. Mm-hmm. I got my club team in high school teams. So, but that same like trepidation and like nervousness about it was also really exciting because I knew that if, you know, I went to Miami and I, you know, swam here that I could really improve and, you know, kind of reach the best that I could be as an athlete, which has been, you know, very rewarding. Well, we're super happy you chose Miami, not just for athletically, obviously, but for everything you've done for the university outside the pool. It's been incredible to see you know, through the last couple of years as far as that goes. And, you know, when you got to Miami, you've had an incredible group of women to train with, you know, with CJ, with Izzy, with Madison, and then adding Alyssa into that group last year. Like, how has that been working with them on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, it's it's been awesome. So, like you said, I, you know, Izzy is someone I train with. So I kind of knew of Izzy before I got here because mm-hmm. we're both backstroke from Illinois, and she's super fast. So I, since I was a year younger than her, were like weren't super competitive with each other but I like knew of her because she was like had a reputation in Illinois swimming and so I was so nervous to train with her but then she was actually she hosted me on my recruiting trip in the spring um and I was like oh she's like super nice and she loves Harry Potter and we can like talk about that and like geek out about it so she's been someone really great to train with um and then also CJ for sure um especially for like morning stroke like long distance practices we have like very similar tempos in like the 200 back both kind of like long and steady because swimming next to Izzy sometimes, I would just get very stressed out because she like flails around so much. I was like, I need to be right by CJ because we'll both just like kind of cruise through these practices and she doesn't stress me out as much to swim next to. Um, yeah, and then Madison and Alyssa. And then also this year as a freshman, I haven't swam with her in Miami yet, but Braylon, we swam in high school together mm-hmm. um, for one year. She was a freshman and I was a senior. So hopefully we get to train together uh, one last time, um, doing a little bit of backstroke together. So that'll be really fun. No, yeah, it would be cool kind of you know, to cap off your senior year of college to get capped off your senior year of high school with Bray Lynn. And I know you played, you know, you were around a lot on her visit, which was awesome. And I'm sure a big reason why she chose Miami was because of you. So, again, I, so. That. <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. So, like, what are some of the big highlights for you as far as, you know, swimming or maybe outside the pool uh, from these past three years? Yeah, so I think sort of like an overarching like highlight or a theme of my career at Miami as a swimmer has been um, just like kind of steadily improving. So, you know, I talked about a minute ago how I had a lot of shoulder problems in high school. So I had shoulder surgery my senior year of high school because the pain was kind of at the point where I was like either I have surgery and I try and figure it out or I like kind of stop swimming. So I had surgery and I had kind of a tough um, road back to recovery. Um, just with overtraining and like starting too early and having to like kind of redo everything again. So I had sort of a rough freshman year and it is really hard because you don't know like if you just sort of peaked and if you're like plateauing now and you're done or if you should like, you know, keep pushing through and like hopefully you'll break through eventually. So my freshman year, I didn't make the conference team. I went to the OSU invitation, which is a great meet at a great time, but I was disappointed, you know. And then sophomore year, I was an alternate on the scoring team for a conference. 
And then last year as a junior, I was able to make the scoring team and actually be on the medley relay. And then I finally, you know, got a lot of best times and I shaved a decent amount of time off my, my best events. And that's been really exciting. So just sort of, especially in hindsight, like seeing that trend and that progress has been just a phenomenal experience. And to know that like, I was able to push through that, like make it through and all that. It's been really awesome. No, for sure. And I, I think that's a really cool aspect of you is that you've kind of had the, you know, you really worked your way through the process of not making conference team and alternate then, you know, making the conference team and making the relay. I mean, that's huge. And, you know, this year is going to be kind of like the icing on top of the cake as far as that goes for you is ending on a super, super high note. So then, you know, kind of looking forward to this year, like what are some goals you have? You know, I mean, this season's going to be what it is as far as, you know, it might end in February, it might end in April. I mean, who knows? But like, what are your goals for this season? Yeah, I'm trying to be very cautiously optimistic, I think, this mm-hmm. year because I don't want to get my hopes up too much. I'm just excited, hopefully, to get back in the watering train and compete. That's kind of, I think, just where I'm at. Because uh, it's, it's hard, especially, I think, being a senior this year. Because, you know, if you're a junior or any other year, you can say, oh, well, you know, even if this season doesn't totally pan out, I'll train really hard so that I'm ready for next year. I'm like ready for trials and stuff. For me, I'm, I'm retired in May, no matter what, you know. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, I would say my goals for the season are just to get back in the water, be with the team and hopefully compete a little bit. No, that's fair. Absolutely. I mean, it's a solid goal to have as far as that, goes, which is cool, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So now kind of to that last part, you know, or- some people will say the favorite part of the segment is the uh, rapid fire questions. Are you, are you ready? I'm nervous. I couldn't prepare for these. Oh, no, I know. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, first and foremost, uh, favorite place to eat in Oxford? So high. So high, for sure. I mean, they have that's great an, That's an easy one. That's an easy okay. One. All right. Uh, favorite <laughs> restaurant in, like, the Frankfurt, Chicago area? Oh, uh, we have this Italian place called Frankie's that my parents took me to for my 21st this summer. It's really good. It's delicious. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? I don't like that question. Um, I don't know. I sort of like when I came to college, I see myself following a variety of paths. I could see myself like working for like the engineering Peace Corps, or, like living in Uganda, or I could mm-hmm. see myself like in Silicon Valley working at like a medical device company. I see lots of opportunities. So I don't know. I try not to worry about it too much and just hope that, you know, day by day decisions will be it's where I'm supposed to be. I'm sure it's gonna be great. I'm wherever you go, whether it's Peace Corps or Silicon Valley, it's gonna be the best place for you and they'll be super lucky to have you there as far as that Thank goes. You. Uh, so you know behind the blocks or in the ready room, what's like the go to hype song? Um I really liked, I feel like for each like season, I end up having a song because I need something to like have in my head when I'm training. Um, and then once you like associate that song with swimming, you like can't deassociate it. So you're just sort of stuck with it as like, your swim song. Mm-hmm. And I think last year, I think the song I had singing a lot was Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. It's like a good like tone of back song. Like it's mm-hmm. not too crazy, but it's like upbeat enough to like get your tempo going. Okay. Okay. So are you more of a Harry Styles fan or a One Direction fan or both? I was never a big like One Direction fan growing up, I think. Uh, But I do like Harry Styles a lot right now. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, What would you do for a Klondike bar? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Anything, I guess. They're really good. Anything. They are. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good to know. 
with some boundaries, I suppose. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, better joke, uh, one-liner or dad joke? Dad jokes. But that's just a byproduct of being around Jake so much. I, he's just forced me to like them. No, no. Well, I mean, that's, that's Jake in the weight room or on the pool deck. You know, he's definitely got a couple prepared always. And they're all, they, he never repeats them, which is also really, really great that he's new. It's so impressive. I wonder if he keeps like a running list somewhere because I feel like he would just start repeating them eventually. Like after right. two years, like I feel like he would run out, but I guess not. Nope, not, not with Jake, not with Jake. And then uh, last but not least, it's Saturday practice, 650s or 8100s? Eight ones. The six fifties, I don't know why, but it's brutal. I think the eight ones is much better. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I also I don't have like the sprint endurance. Like Zach will be like, you go like a 25, 50 back, start with like 27s. I'll be like, what? Like, no, like, what are you talking about? This is like a 200 pace. He's like, no, it's sprint. I, especially when it's three rounds of six fifties. No, I think that's the, like one of the hardest sets that we do, which is crazy because it sounds so easy, but it's so hard. So oh, eight yeah. ones for that's fair that's fair no those sets are definitely a great way to cap off the end of a training week for sure for sure mm-hmm. well Michaela thank you for uh, for joining us today it's been a super pleasure talking to you about so much more into swimming which has been really really nice to kind of hear your perspective on everything you've done outside the pool and obviously inside the pool as well but thank you again and like I said we hope to see you soon on the pool deck yeah thank you so much this was really fun and yeah I hope to see you guys soon too of course